0: Episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we are changing society by cherishing Scripture. I'm joined here today with Zach Taylor, Jeremy Boggs, Jesse Hudson, Pastor Bailey, and myself, Nathan Waters. How are y'all doing, fellas? Great, dude. good man. Doing great. Well, it's good to be back. Last week we uh, we talked about the meaning of independent fundamental baptist and how it has departed from uh, its original meaning and how there's a lot of diversity between the meaning of independent fundamental baptist but uh, this week we're going to be on a paragraph that starts with one great emancipator if y'all are following
1: along it's several down so uh jeremy why don't you read that for us one great emancipator of years gone by stating that she was able to to free a thousand slaves. She also stated that she could have she could have freed a thousand more if they had only known that they were slaves. This confession is intended to be the enlightenment that some Baptists need to find their way out of bondage of man-made religion destinations and into the liberty of God's Word. I'm I'm reminded by that uh that statement of Christians in
0: the Civil War who to transport slaves through the underground and, and to help free them.
2: Yeah, this statement, the original uh, quote, uh, really could not be cited when i found that quote years ago uh some people said that that was stated by harriet tubman and if you know anything about harriet tubman she was the one who had the uh you know that effort to free slaves i'm trying to remember the term they use the uh underground railroad yeah where she freed the slaves and uh, was able to deliver them from the bondage that they were in if it is harriet tubman that said it you know the, the statement is is vast You know, that she freed a thousand slaves. She could have freed a thousand more if they had known they were slaves. You know, later in the confession here, we talk about the reality that a baby is born free, but it has to learn to be in bondage. It has to be taught to be in bondage. And that's really where we stand with Independent Fundamental Baptists, is that the tyranny that exists among that group or that sect of of people is something that really has to be forced on that generation. They have to be subjected to it, and it kind of little by little deprograms their natural. Natural liberty, and it brings them to a place in which they they're just struggling to be free. Mm-hmm. So they feel, you know, like we were talking last time, Jeremy, about this, uh, you know, the statement about something as petty as open-toed shoes, you know, mm-hmm. or not wearing a suit and tie to church. You know, something that is so uh, superficial, and uh, but yet it becomes. It becomes an an item of bondage, an article of bondage. And there are just myriads of these things, you know. Uh, They just go on and on and on about, you know, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, you're not not spirit-filled or you're not, you know, in touch with the same God I'm in touch with and so on and so forth. It's quite dangerous, actually. It's kind of crazy because it makes you feel like you have to be this Christian when it
1: should be you want to be this Christian. So now I have to wear, I can't wear open-toed shoes because my church says I can't do it. Yeah, it, it essentially
3: makes you a slave. Yeah, that's pretty much. much
2: what it is. Well, yeah, that's the
3: point. A lot of it, a lot of it is very similar to how slavery worked. I, I mean, in slavery, one of the first things they have to do is to break the will of yeah. that person. You have to break their will to be an independent person. To and to mold them into who they want to be that's kind of what's happened in churches is you've had ladies whose will has just been broken time and time again and now they're kind of forced into this submission that they don't really have a choice whether they want to or not it's kind of
2: a way of life for them and they also take away your identity yeah you know you're not you're not zach and jeremy and nathan and and jesse you're just men in the church and a lot of times you know compartmentalizing people that way, taking away their identity and their individuality. It takes away their priesthood. Right. What's interesting is we are slaves. We're just not slaves
0: to the pastor. Right. We're, we're slaves to Christ. Exactly. And uh, it's it's interesting
2: that everyone is a slave except the pastor
0: in most independent fundamental Baptist churches. Exactly.
2: And, yeah, I mean, that's an incredible, you know, that's, that's an incredible way to look at it because even the pastor is supposed to be subjected to the will of Christ. Mm-hmm. But in most independent fundamental Baptist churches, the will of Christ is not even in discussion. It is simply, you know, amalgamating or or, or, or sort of conforming to the image of what the pastor demands or what the pastor wants. And that mm-hmm. creates slavery. You can look at it this way. The pastor
0: of that church who's making these people his slaves, he has stole those slaves from Christ. I'm reminded that this guy that I work with, he tells me stories about uh, – cattle thieves because he he's big into uh, raising his own cattle and he even sells some and he, he tells these stories about how these men will go through these endeavors to steal other people's cattle it's very personal because they this is these people's livelihood and they invest so much in cattle that when it's stolen which usually happens overnight yeah and you just you you look out and your your fields are empty and, wow. And they can't get them back because they just retag them and sell them up somewhere else. And no one ever knows the difference. If you think about it, that's what that's what these pastors are doing. They're saying you have to be like this to be to be in you God's know, will and to be part of the family of God. I'll tell
2: you a story. Think think about think about it in in these terms, you know, kind of reversing that illustration you're talking about about stealing cattle. And I don't want to get real personal with names or anything here, but I know a lot of independent fundamental Baptist churches that have such a death grip on their members that a member cannot leave that church. Mm. They have such a, and that's kind of slavery that I'm talking about here in this paragraph mm-hmm. is, you know, when you're told, I mean, any of you four men that are sitting here, all four of you guys go to our church, okay, if any four of you men came to me and said, Pastor, God has led me to go to, Montana, Or God has led me to, or maybe I've had a job opening here or yonder or out west or up north or this or that. You know, I would want to know for sure that it's God's will. I would want you to be able to prove that to me, that it's God's will. But once that evidence is given, you're on your own. But independent fundamental Baptist pastors operate almost on a level in which they say, you can't leave this church and be right with God. Yeah, that's true. that's the slavery that I'm talking about, Yeah, is that you can't serve God without me, without my presence, without my authority, without my input. That's tyranny yeah. of the worst kind, because these people are supposed to be free. Like I said later in the statement, a baby is born free. It has to learn to be in that kind of slavery. And bucking against that is sometimes it's worse than getting a divorce. It's like Christ is no longer the head of the church right? anymore. Now we got men
1: or even women. Yeah. being the head of the I, church now. I know for from myself
0: it would be hard to leave this church because I love the people here. But right. for others in the independent fundamental baptist movement it would be hard because they feel like they could not serve God anywhere else. Yeah. Then at that
2: Well, place. you know, this this pastor, uh the story I was thinking about and I'm a little cautious to tell it, but this pastor was um some members of this church left his his congregation and they went uh, down the road to another church. And the new pastor received them, welcomed them into the church and said, you know, we're glad that you're visiting. You know, is, is there a reason you're here? You know, are you all not having services. And the conversation began with, uh, you, know, it, you know, look, you know, we, we feel like that our church is going in a direction that we can't go. We just no longer feel like it's God's will for us to really be there. And so, you know, we're visiting. We're visiting with the potential of becoming members one day. So the new pastor here, he contacts the other pastor, which is what he should do. He contacts the other pastor and he says, hey, you know, so-and-so family visited with me. And the statement was, they cannot be in God's will in your church. So what happens with these people is they get placed into a situation where they almost are forced to be in flagrant disobedience to the pastor of the church just so that they can do what they believe is God's will. So now here's my problem with that. When we have advanced an authority in the church, that kind of slavery... It's really not even authority anymore. It's more slavery. When we've advanced that kind of authority into people's lives to such a degree that they will not be able to be a member in good standing or be a a God-fearing Christian without your weekly input in their life, we have gone way over the line. We have gone way over the line because the Sabbath is, you know, the the Bible says that uh, uh, the Sabbath is, is for us. You know, it's not supposed to be these days of bondage, not the Pharisees have made it into. And uh, so that kind of slavery, I think, is that's exactly what needs to be targeted here in this discussion.
4: Yeah, uh, Galatians is an optimal book. If uh, you have a copy of God's Word or you're listening, I trust you, you, you listen to what it has, has here in chapter 2. But Paul, trying to reach a church, trying to reach these people, and he's been in conflict with, sadly, those that wanted to keep people in the bondage of traditionalism. Now I'm not against tradition, but traditionalism has become a cancer in the church. Traditions, uh, even Paul said in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse fifteen, it says, "Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught." whether by the word or by epistle. Now, traditions are not bad, but traditionalism is our enemy. Now, tradition, Traditionalism has been uh, said by one person. He said that tradition is living uh, the faith of dead men, or living true faith by dead men, whom we have heard and read about in the past. But traditionalism is living dead faith by living men. And that's become uh-huh. a problem. Yeah. We're, there are men that are, that are wanting to hold and to capture people in what is called here in Galatians, bondage. Now the issue was, it was circumcision. He had t- t- uh, Titus with him. And Titus Titus says here in verse 3 of chapter 2, being a Greek was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unawares brought him in, who came and probably despite our liberty, liberty there, which was in Christ Jesus, that they bring us into bondage. Yep. Traditions are to be held, but traditionalism, which goes against liberty, which goes against Christ Jesus, from whom here it, it was, it was see, by Paul in the first few verses down, was the gospel of the uncircumcision. That it's Christ and not the, the traditionalism that is held by the Pharisees That's right. that brings us liberty. Traditional, so, right. Traditionalism is and has become, sadly, the enemy of of the New Testament. and yeah, just yeah. peace now,
3: Church. now, back to this paragraph. I think one of the biggest things we have a difficulty with, especially with the New Testament Baptist Confession, uh, something that we've been talking about, is the common person asking, why is this important or why does it apply to me? Uh, for instance, I've had several people talk to me and say, well, that seems like a lot of stuff that goes over my head, so why is it important to me? So, uh, Pastor, I guess the question you would be, for the person, because in here, obviously, it says she. She says that uh, the Emancipator says that she would have freed a thousand more if they realized they were slaves. Mm-hmm. So and that's exactly how, the point. exactly how does this apply to the person that really they may not even understand necessarily why the confession
2: because is one happening. day one day their eyes are going to be opened and they're going to become disenchanted and they'll quit church. They'll quit altogether. And there are people that you can name, you can name, you can name, you can name, and I can name, that when, they're, when their eyes were finally open to the restrictive ultra-separatism of Independent Fundamental Baptists and the, uh, the not separation, but isolation of Independent Fundamental Baptists, uh, their world was rocked when they realized that they have all this liberty in Christ Jesus to experiment with their faith and enjoy. One of the confessions of, of years gone by uh, was that uh, we are to, uh, uh, to serve God, fear God in all things, and enjoy God fully. And so independent fundamental Baptists have taken away that last clause, enjoy God fully. And part of enjoying God is discovering the liberties that he has granted to us. And when these people realize what bondage they have been placed in for decade after decade, and then they realize that that was all false and that it was unnecessary, they're going to become so offended with independent fundamental Baptists that they may quit church altogether. They may think all churches are that way, and they may quit church altogether. This is happening at an alarming rate. Yeah. An alarming rate. And maybe it's because
0: sanctification has been preached in a different context than it should be, as in sanctification is only you become... More like God, as in you—you you don't sin, like what you used
2: to. Right. But sanctification is also, and then in also, the fruits of
0: the Spirit: love, joy, gentleness, right. goodness, patience. And, and
2: humans are being held up as the models of sanctification. You mm-hmm. know, be like your pastor's wife, yeah. or be like your pastor. And here's the thing: is that you know we have all these colors. Why paint everything gray? Yeah. You know, we have this variety. You know, we were talking this morning with a new this new family that just got born again in our church and and uh she's excited about some of the gifts that she's going to be able to bring to the table and say, you know, look I I have training in this and in this and so much and and I'm just looking at this and I'm thinking man, I'm thinking to myself, man, the Lord has really sent us a gem here. You know, Mm -hmm. somebody that's really gonna be able to to help us. And so a lot of independent fundamental baptist churches would look at a lady like that with that kind of skill set and they would feel threatened by that because just because of her gender. Yeah. But here we're gonna set her free and let her serve Christ. Let her let her blossom and grow and flourish in this church and feel fulfilled because of her uh, her ability to serve in this body. And what happens is when those people, going back to your statement there, Zach, your question, when those people wind up discovering that they have been in that bondage. I had a, a fellow tell me the other day, he said, for eight years I attended a church, for eight years. And he said, all it did was destroy my family. That's the kind of bondage that we're talking about. And sadly, many independent fundamental baptist churches are that type of a church they're toxic to the family they're toxic to autonomy to the priesthood of the believer and that's why we want to set people free we want them to understand that if you're if you're bound in that kind of a church you don't have to stay that way this is the alternative the new testament baptist yeah, confession
4: that's the kingdom the kingdom came not of meat or bread but Not a meal of bread, but he said, "Of righteousness, peace,
2: and joy joy. in the Holy Ghost." It's liberating
4: to be a Christian. It should not be should not be a drudgery. It should not be an obligation. It should be a joy. Absolutely, it
2: is. It really is. It is a joy. Yeah, and it's a privilege. It is. But when you are going to a church where. Every service that you walk in, you're under a microscope. If your kid is not behaved in just the exact way that they're supposed to be behaved, or if you're, and when I say your kid, I'm I might be talking about your 16, 17 year old teenage boy, you know, if if they are not behaved exactly the way that everybody in the church thinks they should be behaved, or if you're not dressed exactly like you like everybody expects you to be dressed, they're going to put you right in the third row. That's the bondage that we're talking about, yeah. and what that does is it wears away at a person's spiritual light it wears away at their their independence and it wears away of at their spiritual gift and they're really the best way to describe it is their light gets put under a bushel we kind of rag on pastors a lot because
0: they're they're the main ones they're the ones that are preaching this but also people in the congregation they're just as bad as the pastor and uh, they can influence a pastor's family like it's nobody's business it's true
3: I, i i'm a firm believer that the church reflects the pastor's personality and i think that you can find that in pretty much any church you go to i like to think of pastor Bailey as a friendly person Uh, so you come to our church and what do you see you see a lot of friendly a lot people. Of people coming and shaking hands. Uh, you may go to another church where a pastors really stuck up. You go in his congregation, and a lot of the attitudes the same. Yeah, um, typically you how go to it some goes.
2: churches, and the pastor operates kind of like a CEO instead of a pastor. He's more like a chief, you know, in in a corporation. Yeah. And <laughs> and when you go into that environment, you you see how stuffy that is, how businesslike that church is. So you're exactly right, you know. So, However, a pastor behaves many times as it, it has a an influence. And that's not necessarily always a bad thing. However, that's not supposed to be the model. They're supposed to be the spiritual gifts that you were talking about, Galatians chapter number six, Galatians chapter five, you know, the uh, the spiritual, um, the fruit of the spirit is supposed to be in, in a person's life uh, above and beyond just the influence and the, uh, the modeling of a pastor.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I
3: was just going to say with that, too, I think part of the problem you're seeing with this bondage that people are experiencing, uh, a lot of it comes down to is because pastors have chosen to uh, intentionally just feed milk to their congregation. Uh, They never get past the preaching hard down on sin and preferences. Uh, They never get to the actual growing and sanctification process. They only preach down on sin, uh, which, I mean, is
2: milk. Uh, That's what it is. We got one of the greatest compliments, I think, today in our church and we've ever received. We have a guest preacher here with us this weekend, Brother Mike Bagwell. And Brother Bagwell made the statement this morning in our church that uh, he said, every time I say a Bible verse, he said, your heads automatically go down into the Scripture. Then he said, then I start preaching and your heads come back up. And he he actually kind of humorously made the motion. He said, you all look like sheep. You know, head down, head back up, head down to eat, back up to watch the shepherd, head down to eat, back up to watch the shepherd. And To me, that was one of the greatest compliments I think our church could receive because our people know – that the food is in that book. Right. Yeah. The pastor is not for consumption. He just sets the table, and so the food is in the book, and that's where that's where people are going to be nourished and strengthened.
4: Yeah. But that say, I don't want to take you back to that washbasin again, but Romans chapter seven, Paul was. You can see his attitude downturning because his focus was on sin of omission and sins of commission. Said, I, I do things I don't want to do. Anything I wish I can do things that I can't. I don't, I'm not. I'm not doing. And what was his liberation? Chapter eight, verse one. There is therefore no, con- no more condemnation
2: to them which are in Christ. Christ Jesus.
4: And it's that knowledge yeah. of the the you can you can still almost see the change falling chains falling off. Understanding that it's not not focusing on things that we don't do right. or we can't do, and the error and the sin in which sadly these churches That's are right. focusing on, it is what Christ can do. It is. Liberation, it is righteousness. But
2: righteousness. the bondage, the bondage of independent fundamental Baptist churches, can n- n- usually comes down to the fact. It usually comes down to the to the harsh reality that independent fundamental Baptist churches are known for what they don't do, right? Not what they do, but what they don't do. We don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. So you go to those churches, and you have to really learn how to be a slave. I think one.
1: Of my favorite things about Brandon Baptist Tabernacle is the expression of liberty in Christ. Yes, um, that's just to see all the things that this church does. We've got a school, we've got tons of different ministries. I think every idea or that I've talked about or ever had that I came to you about, you've never turned it down. But I've been to churches and I've been to a church that if you had an idea, it was pushed off. It was off to the side, and you couldn't you couldn't have that liberty. You had to do with almost like a like a time slot type deal, you had to follow the schedule. You had to follow with what this guy says. Yeah, uh, and I think that's one thing I like about Brandon Baptist Taggart. It's organic. The, yeah, the liberty is here. Yeah, yeah. and even and this a,
0: podcast, right? Yeah, it's a, a totally different, stopping. totally yeah, different. Yeah, well,
2: when you guys came, you know, this is something that a lot of preacher friends of mine would frown on. You know, the any any really use of internet technology or use of uh, th- these types of things to try to extend the, you know, the influence of the gospel. Uh, Most most of the guys that I know would say, oh, that's just, you know, that's just modern. It's too modern. You know, they have this kind of bumper sticker philosophy. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. And so anything innovative becomes, you know, immediately shot down. Any new ideas like you're talking about, they immediately get discouraged. And uh, I think that's sad, you know, because uh, there was a time when the word was only spoken word then it became the printed word yeah and it um, there's you know this i had some somebody you know was saying one day you know what are we going to do with all these young people not bringing their bible to church and i said to him i said oh they they're bringing their smartphone well that's not a bible you know their argument was well that's not a bible you can't read your bible off of a phone I, look you can't give me a book chapter and verse that says that you know that that's impossible or forbidden. And they said, well, I don't like it. And I said, well, I don't necessarily like it either. I'm not going to do it, but I'm not going to tell a young person that they can't do it. Yeah. Well, even hang. I mean... I'm just glad they're reading their Bible, even Even if it's off of a screen, you know?
1: Yeah. Right. Even with the liberty of things that we can do, just like hanging out with some of you guys, there's some things like we were at Zach's house Couple weekends ago, and there was something that was on TV, and I was surprised that Zach had watched it. It's a show that I like, and I was surprised to see it on a, another Christian's TV.
3: It was yeah. Teletubbies.
1: <laughs> yeah, <T-tubbies. laughs> it was Teletubbies. But still, <laughs> things like that show—Mercy—we would, I would have been in trouble for in a different church. Right or the things we talk about, we enjoy television I been, in general. Hey, listen, yeah, I would have some been people in trouble.
3: some people may not like it, but I am a very open book. Uh, what you see at me, what you see of me in public, and how I behave myself is the same way I am at my house. Yeah, I don't. And here's I, where there's no there's no need to. I don't. I I've lived so much of my life being a pastor's kid and lost learning how to pretend and make a face in public that at this point uh, as you said earlier i'm disenchanted with it I'm, I'm tired of it people can know who i am
2: are there limitations yes when that liberty like you guys are talking about whatever the show is or whatever fellowship you guys are doing or this or that or wherever you go to eat or things of that nature are there limits to those liberties yes if you have a weaker brother you know for example if if there's a brother who just got saved off of a bar stool i mean he has just a month born again and he was a, a red-faced sot, drunk and so we all decided we're going out to eat and we decided to go to Longhorn Steakhouse or Applebee's or somewhere where they they may serve alcohol, and his conscience will not permit him to go there because he cannot even look upon an alcohol container without it tempting him to fall back, then you know what? We have a responsibility at that point to defer to the tyranny of that young Christian so that... He is not tempted to stumble back into sin because the greater sin in that case is being a stumbling block. Mm-hmm. And so if, you know, this show that you're enjoying, enjoy it. Sometimes you have to keep it private and don't make it known, you know, don't post it everywhere for the world to see what I, you know, what you're enjoying or whatever. i I tell you the truth, man. I I watch the History Channel, you know, and there's stuff that comes on the History Channel that is so evolution and so humanistic and so, you know, but I do thoroughly enjoy listening to the alternative, you know, the other view, the other side. um, And it wasn't wasn't necessarily a
1: bad show, but it was just something that some Christians just would not watch. Right. And I'm going to, and if I'm not supposed to say this, I'll cut it out, but um, I'll cut it out of the, the recording but you are the first pastor that I've ever met that's enjoyed a movie yeah every pastor that I've met will not go to a movie theater will not enjoy a movie and you're the first one that has
2: I've met it's, yeah. and that's well, what when I, we talk again, about this bondage you know years ago the first movie the one of the first movies that my wife and I went to was The Passion of the Christ and when we went to that movie I was incredibly amazed at how uh, it, imp- it impacted the people that were there mm. and and uh, and then after that, we started exploring, listening, to, you know, watching some other movies and things of that nature. But here's what it came down to. You know, we were talking about this today at lunch, guys, about the double standard thing. You know, these guys, you know, they're beating this drum about you can't go to a movie theater. You just can't go and be right with God. But just as soon as it comes out on DVD, they buy it and take it home. And here's my question. What is the difference? Yeah. You know, what is it di- saying? You can't watch TV, but then you watch it on your cell phone. Right. Right, mm-hmm. so you know this this guy was saying one time in this camp meeting, you know, he was saying uh, we're selling DVDs of the services, and I'm and I'm like, this is an independent Fundamental Baptist camp meeting where they hate television, and I'm like, what are you guys going to watch it on your microwave? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. What, you can watch it. You, do you have a television and watch a DVD? So uh, apparently, there's some kind of a digital difference between watching it on DVD and watching a live stream or watching you know a live broadcast. You, you should guard yourself with some things, of course,
1: but there's still. You know, you don't have to feel like you're a slave or a right. robot, you know, because yeah. it's, it, then it's just, it's just not enjoyable. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And yeah, that was, that was a really good discussion that we had today. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, out time. I feel more liberated than I did 30 minutes ago. That's the point. Right.
2: Enjoy that liberty, you know, and your conscience will, will tell you if you're, if you've stepped over the line. Yeah. yeah. It, it, Can I just say one more thing? I know we're out of time, but I got to say this. Okay. St. Augustine made the statement that if you, if the, if the grace that you're teaching is not being overextended, then you're not teaching it right. Meaning this, if we stand up and tell people you have liberty and grace, and if once in a while somebody does not overstep their bounds, then we're not really representing it the way that it should be. But we have that freedom in Christ because of the eternal security of the believer. We have that freedom to make a mistake, and our conscience responds, and we are brought back into the parameters of where God wants us to be. That's soul liberty, wow. and that's spiritual leadership.
1: I yeah. think we also need to remind that we're not saying do whatever you want.
2: No. But if things... it's Jesse said this earlier, I think, or in the last broadcast or whatever, if it's clearly outlined in Scripture, it's not personal conviction. It's Bible. You right. can't do certain things if they are c- condemned in Scripture. Yeah.
4: Black so. and white. The, the, the whole person, the, the issue of the weaker brother, the issue of dealing with government, the issue of everything, everything Issue in life is mentioned in Scripture in one shape, shape, or form. Absolutely. And the Holy Spirit will help you apply that. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's good. Uh, thank you guys for, for coming and talking about this, and uh, I pray that you listeners have uh, have gained some some sort of help. And uh, hey, even if if you want to reach out and you you want to get some help, we we would not mind contacting you. Or if you have your objections, we have the page. We have that section. Yes. What's what's
2: the the website again, Pastor? NewTestamentBaptists dot with an s. NewTestamentBaptists plural dot com, and there there's a section there. The new section there is about the objections. And as we have received those we're addressing those one by one and placing them on that page
0: all right well you can find us on youtube uh apple Podcasts, even google and we have we have some other ones so just just search us on yeah search us on your uh podcast site and and hopefully we'll be there thanks for listening